0: what is up everyone my name is Stu and I am bonkers for bourbon thank you so much for tuning in today's episode contact me bonkers4bourbon at gmail.com or at bonkers4bourbon on twitter or bonkers4bourbon podcast on instagram I'm a lover of all things bourbon so thank you and join me on today's ride Oh, what is up everyone? My name is Stu and I am Boxer Bourbon. Thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. I cannot appreciate enough the love and support the bourbon community has given this cast. Thank you. Rub my heart. So today for you, I want to talk a little bit about why I've been gone for a little bit. Because I have been on vacation, and much needed vacation, to fantastic and fabulous Las Vegas. Love that city. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the drinking fun facts and fun ideas you can do in Las Vegas if you've been there or if you haven't. Let's get into it. We got any lube? Like at this point, even olive oil would help me get that drawer on stuff. All right, gang. Beautiful, beautiful vacation. I just came back from the lovely wife and I. Uh, Much needed R&R, much needed rest. Although in Las Vegas, as you know, you don't get much rest. It is a 24 hour city and there will be lots of drinking, gambling, and debauchery that ensues. But this trip for us was a little bit more than gaming. We didn't really do much of that. We did a lot of other things. But something, one of the most prevalent things in Las Vegas, as you know, is alcohol. And if you've been or you haven't been, I want to try to provide a little bit of uh, tips that I kind of learned. I've been to Las Vegas many, many times. Uh, both being under 21 and over 21, I can tell you it's better being of age than being under. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about this. Maybe you're not familiar with it, and we can learn a little something. Uh, so those of you who don't know, Las Vegas is uh, open container city, which means that you may drink outside, usually outside on the strip portion only. But given that the city has the laws the way they are, as long as you're not being an asshole and you're drinking in proper containers, i.e., no glass. So you may drink outside. It is okay, as long as it's no glass. So you think plastic plastic bottle or can or paper cup or plastic cup is totally fine. It typically is confined to the strip where most of the action is, but no police are really going to give you uh, any hard time as long as you're being you know, good. Uh, also with that, everyone kind of gets on uh, about free alcohol in Las Vegas. Now let me tell you something. I spent my 21st birthday in Las Vegas. When I turned the stroke of midnight, when I turned 21, I was in Las Vegas to start my drinking abilities. And that was back in 2005, so you can kind of get a little sense of my age here. Uh, 2005 was pre-recession you know, recession in 2008, 2009, and I have to say, as long as you were gambling, you could have any drink you ever desired. I'm talking you wanted top-shelf scotch. You wanted top-shelf bourbon, as they had that at the time. You wanted any drink under the sun. As long as you were gambling, they didn't have to be high limits. You could have been betting $5 a hand. They would give it to you. They would give it to you, and they would give it to you plenty. Lots and lots and lots. You would sometimes see a waitress, and you'd have to deny a drink because you still had one, or you were getting to be a little bit tipsy and should not be drinking anymore. Now, post-recession here, even in 2019, the city still is having trouble recovering because it is about spending in excess, and Americans now are a little more frugal with their money. And because of that, unfortunately, as an average gambler, you do not get the primo stuff for free anymore. It also depends on what hotels you're staying at. If you're staying at, quote-unquote, a cheaper hotel, and you're playing you're only going to be getting drinks for uh, for free that are domestic beers, typically, or um, well drinks, which is unfortunate. So they're typically watered down. They come in very small glasses with lots of ice, uh, and a lot of times, eh, you drink it pretty quickly. Uh, beers uh, are domestic only for the most part, especially if you go to cheaper downtown Las Vegas. If you're in a much nicer hotel, the drink selection is going to be a little bit better. You can maybe get a higher quality craft beer or a little bit higher of a quality drink, but still don't expect to be given poured top shelf booze like it was before. Now, I tried asking around to waitresses about different bourbons or different like top shelf alcohols, and for the most part, they don't really stock it or they have it in the back reserved for those gambling more. Or for their high rollers. I asked about what bourbons they had. They basically said they had Jim Beam. And Jim Beam only. For the most part. So if, you, if you're if you into that, that's great. No problem at all. I asked about Eagle Rare. I asked about Buffalo Trace. You know, not terribly expensive bourbons. and eh, not so much. That wasn't happening. Especially not for free. I'm not that high of a roller. So... If you are drinking, you know, try, if you're a fan of Jim Beam, that's fine. Or Jack Daniels, obviously, is a very popular whiskey that they do provide for free. You can go ahead and go with that. Other than that, you could tend to go with a beer. You know they can't water down a beer. They can't water down a cider. Uh, That would probably be, in my opinion, your best value. Now, there's a lot of tricks when it comes to Waitresses obviously don't make an amazing salary. Uh, they work on tips. and the customary uh, tip for each drink is one dollar. I like to tip at least two to three dollars because then you're looked at someone that's you're looked at as someone who's not cheap and they will come by more often. If you are cheaping out or you stiff a waitress, she will not come back to serve you. But a really cool thing I did this trip also is if you know you're gonna be sitting or doing a session for a while, you can actually tip them. 10 to $20 right in the beginning, and just tell them, hey, here's 10 20 bucks. Keep bringing me what I'm ordering every time you come by. I don't need to keep reordering with you. If I am drinking a beer or a cocktail, just bring that one every time you come by. And you've already pre-tipped them. And I did that, and guess what? I got drinks very quickly, very rapidly, and the uh, waitress was very nice and accommodating. So that was a trick I read up before I went to, and I tried it out, and I thought it was actually a really good tip. Now, a lot of times, because alcohol is consumed outside in the open, you are going to run into knuckleheads who get a little bit too intoxicated. I feel for the Uber drivers out there who have to deal with that kind of crap, I would never do that. But just know that there are still drinking and driving laws in Las Vegas. People think that, oh, you can drink outside, drinking and driving or anything like that, still not cool. In fact, when you're driving, uh, there's a lot of people walking around. If you fail to give the right away to a pedestrian in a crosswalk, it is a $280 fine in Las Vegas. And in fact, because they wanna crack down on DUIs so much that if you are arrested for DUI, you have a mandatory, mandatory court appearance, and bail is always set at $2,115. And uh, that's just how it is. Also, I didn't know this. This is actually something I just looked up. Open containers. So open container law in Las Vegas, if you are caught by a police officer, that is a $640 fine. And guess what? That actually includes if you are a passenger in a taxi or an Uber. Now, taxis for the most part are left alone. Ubers are a little different story because they are typically a personal car. So technically, if you do have an open container, you are running the risk if the driver is pulled over and a cop wants to be a dick, he can give you a $640 fine for the uh, open container. Another thing that uh, people were talking about is they love to the idea of getting drinks for free and trying to cheap out on the gaming. Because if you're gambling, are drinks really free? The answer is typically no. So people will say, hey, let's sit down at a penny slot, let's maybe put $5 in, and we can even wait, not even play anything, but look like we're playing, get our free drinks, cash out and leave, or play very minimally. Uh, That might work still, but it's not going to be working much longer. In fact, in 2018, The Westgate Hotel and Casino is the first casino to install player or monetary tracking systems that go to the servers or the bar area that will track certain areas or certain machines on your play, i.e. if you're the type of person that wants to play a penny slot and get the free drinks and not really gamble at all, that information goes to the bar and they have a system to basically say, hey, we're not going to be serving those people right now, they're not gambling enough or they'll take longer periods of time before they reach your section in their rotation for drinks. I think that kind of sucks for the waitresses, quite honestly, but that is kind of the name of the game and that's kind of what casinos are starting to do uh to crack down on that little bit of a of a tip of people not gambling much and trying to get free drinks off of like penny slots. Now that's just one casino right now. That's the Westgate. So if you plan on staying at the Westgate, watch the slots. But here in 2019, as I was reading, more and more casinos are starting to implement those systems into those slot machines. And it's just another way for casinos to make even more of a profit as they still are struggling to gain uh, momentum from the recession and get back to those numbers they were pre-2008, 2008, not 2018. So my advice is just gamble you what you would normally feel comfortable with. Take advantage of the free drinks. I always say try not to deny the free drink because you, you you know, take it. Obviously, don't overindulge. But if you're playing, try to take take advantage of that. Give it away to someone. Make a friend. I got some more coming up. Let's take a quick break from a word from our sponsor. All right, we are back. Thank you so much for turning, turning back in. Really appreciate it. Uh, By the way, if you want to hear more about my Vegas trip or what my, my wife and I did. I can do a cast on that if you'd like. Let me know. Just kind of go over some of the stuff we did. We did a trip to the Grand Canyon. Hopefully you see the post on Instagram of that. Uh, we did some shows, playing, drinks, clubs, that kind of thing. Uh, let me know. I can go through that as well. But this is a little bit about drinking in Vegas because I was just there and I did learn some new things. So let's get back into it. Now, a lot of you probably see the infamous sugary uh Frozen drinks that they sell, the frozen drink stands, and you'll see it sometimes in gigantic, tall margarita glasses. Those drinks come in a spinning drink dispenser, and they're typically fruity-flavored, i.e. like hurricane flavor, margarita, maybe a rum and coke, uh, tropical, Mai Tai, something fruit full of sugar. Now, those might seem like a good deal because they do come in big sizes. I will tell you, though, that they are gross. Like they're very sweet, very sugary, and when you talk about Hangover City, you're mixing alcohol with lots of sugar, that is a recipe for a major hangover. Not to mention, those spinning drink machines are not clean very often. A lot of times they just add in to the drink to fill it back up to the top. They do not empty it and do not clean it. So be aware that those dispensing drink spinners are not clean all that often. A lot of times, they also are lacking in alcohol. They've got a very small amount of alcohol. That is why a lot of times when you order one of those frozen drinks, that depending on what stand you go to, they always offer you an extra shot, typically of tequila, vodka, or 151 rum uh, for an extra dollar. You always want to take that if you're going to do it. If you're going to do it, do it right. I decided not to buy one of those drinks this trip because I thought it was gross. That and sugar and alcohol really gives me a major hangover. Didn't really want to do that. I had hangover enough the entire trip. Now let's also talk about drinking in clubs, in pools, and maybe gentlemen's clubs as well. My advice is don't do it. Anytime you go to one of those exclusive either pool parties, dance clubs, nightclubs, gentlemen's clubs, drinks are going to be so expensive you're going to wish you would have either pre-funked beforehand or you took out a second mortgage on your house. Because a lot of times at those pool parties, clubs, uh, gentlemen's clubs, they try to make it easy on their staff and they go in very whole, even numbers, which is typically in the range of 20s. Uh, especially at, for example, a gentlemen's club. <clears throat> I wouldn't know this from, no, I wouldn't know this from experience, I'm sorry. Uh, drinks at a gentleman's club go in the $20 increments. One drink, no matter what it is, whether it be a beer, a shot, or a mixed drink, is $20. You want two drinks? That's $40. Three drinks, $60. You see where I'm going with this. I had a friend from my bachelor party order me a triple, a triple drink. That was very nice of him. Stupid, I might add. See, when he heard it was $60, he almost crapped his pants for one drink. Not to mention, if you are at one of those clubs, a lot of the pool parties, they're going to put your drink into a large uh, plastic sealed container, you can't have any glass at the pool. And oftentimes that larger cup, they actually put less alcohol in there because they don't want you to be in the sun and be getting too drunk. And the larger cup sometimes is deceiving and thinking that you're getting a bigger drink than you really are. Same goes for the club scenes. You're going to get drinks usually in the $20 range. You remember? Get a Coors Light, for example, for $20 and then reevaluate your life. All right? Not to mention a lot of those clubs have reserved seating, reserved tables, and they have what they call table minimums, that you have to pay that price no matter how much you drink. So if a table minimum is $500, you're paying $500 no matter what, and any alcohol you buy, well, is essentially free until you reach $500, then they start charging you more. So my advice, if you are going to do that, spend exactly the table minimum, keep track of it, and don't go over A big surprise for you folks that do like the gentlemen's Clubs. Okay, I had my bachelor party in Vegas with a bunch of awesome friends. I get it. But one of the things I learned is that if you're going to pay the money to go to a Gentleman's Club and you're going to pay the money to be there, they charge you drink minimums. You can't just sit there and enjoy they will come over and charge you drink minimums just for even sitting in the chair, and you'll look at them with like a deer in the headlights and say, "Did I just pay forty dollars for two Coors lights?" Again, be aware of that because those type of type of establishments you don't want to piss them off, because, well, that's bad. In fact, the club we went to was actually closed for a period of time. I'm not going to say which one it is, and it reopened. The reason it was closed originally was. A patron did not pay his bill, and he quote fell asleep on the train tracks in the back alley or back side of the club. fell asleep on the train tracks. so pay your bill and don't and just know that it's going to be expensive and be ready for it if that's something you want to do. so one last thing again. A lot of people are saying, you know, they are aware that the drinks are expensive if you're not gambling, although you're paying for it in a different way. So a lot of people say, you know what, buy your drinks at, for example, they have Walgreens or CVS's on the strip where you go into, like, a drugstore, buy your alcohol, buy water there, and it'll be cheaper. That's not the case, actually. Those Walgreens and CVS's on the strip inflate their prices just like any other casino would as well. Now, it's not as expensive as you're going to get maybe at a casino or a club, but still you're paying a premium just because it's on the strip. And guess what? They know that's what you're doing. All right, my advice is in the middle of the strip across from Bellagio, behind the Flamingo Casino, behind the Cromwell Casino, there's kind of the kitty corner to that. There is a little tiny strip or tiny bar called the Stage Door. It is a secret little local spot. In fact, you can get dollar beers at the Stage Door, although it is a little bit of a rowdy joint. In fact, when the wife and I went in, they had three security guards just standing around to keep the peace. A little bit of a rough and tumble bar. But I was more interested is that the bar is adjacent to a little mini-mart or store, also called the stage door. That little mini-mart, you're going to pay typical, typical and honest retail prices for your alcohol. Your six-pack of beer or liquor is going to cost what it normally would cost at a grocery store. And that's a good thing actually paying normal retail price for your alcohol or, for example, water. I do advise you buy a case of water, keep it in your room, whether it be warm or cold, so you have it available for you to be drinking in the hot sun or the alcoholic frenzy. So the stage door behind the Flamingo next to the Cromwell, check that place out if you are, in fact, wanting to buy alcoholic beverages to carry with you on the strip or keep in your room to save some money. Man, it's good to be back. Vegas was awesome. Just the break I needed to recharge and relax. We'll be back to our regular programming next week. So I hope you enjoyed this little tidbit about drinks and alcohol in Las Vegas. I hope you learned something. Or just fun to hear and fun to communicate with you guys as well. So until next time, without bourbon, what's the point? Keep getting those bourbon gains. I'll see you on the next episode. Cheers out there.